0: Welcome to Misinformation, hosted by Rebecca Jones and produced by Big Mouth Media. This weekly podcast with Florida COVID whistleblower, Rebecca Jones, dives into the world of disinformation and how it's hurting America and democracy. Now, here she is, Misinformational. My name is Rebecca Jones, and I am sans makeup today, but of course, the lovely Dr. Cindy Banyai looks gorgeous as ever. How are you today, Cindy?
1: I am cantankerous. I told you that as we were talking off screen, like, I woke up late, I had to replace my tires. so, but... But, of course, we had a little bit of a victory for Democrats and progressive ideals yesterday, including the legalization of marijuana recreationally in Ohio, as well as the abortion access, which bodes well for us here in Florida. So I have that to be positive about, but generally contiguous.
0: Yes. How about you? (laughs) I was actually, um, when the early results were coming in, when they first called it, they called abortion first. And Mm -hmm. I also want to be clear, this wasn't just an abortion amendment. It also codified the right to birth control, to um, in vitro fertilization, a whole bunch of other things, which is smart to couple it that way, because we're going to have a harder time convincing people not to protect birth control rights than, you know, other things. But Mm -hmm. they waited to call marijuana. But then I checked today and it looked like marijuana was just inching ahead of abortion a little bit, which was surprising. But Either way, they both passed. Um, That makes Ohio the 24th state and 25th jurisdiction because of D.C. That has legalized recreational marijuana. And almost all of that has happened in the last nine years. And so that is a lot of stuff happening very quickly. 24
1: 24 jurisdictions? uh, 24 states plus D.C. For recreational.
0: For recreational.
1: Holy moly, I didn't even realize it was that high. I mean, listen, it's not my my I was watching
0: it like yesterday and I was like, how many is it now? I was thinking like five or six. Apparently I've missed the last like several years.
1: (laughs) People getting high all over the place.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was like a those. You know, once Colorado did it, I think in like 2014, you know, they just all kind of, or 2012, whenever it was, Um, happened one right after the other. But at any rate, um, the Democrats won pretty much. Every single election they needed to and all but pretty much the Mississippi governorship. And right now, you know, if Republicans are bragging like, yeah, but we barely held on to Mississippi as their like win, that's not exactly looking good for them. So a lot of the apocalyptic speak of pundits was, again, um, proven wrong by the decency of people.
1: Yeah. And I want all the Republicans to shut the fuck up because they couldn't pick a speaker for their own majority for three weeks. They clearly don't give a shit about governing. They clearly don't give a shit about people. And they've completely decoupled their party and their leaders from policy. So here you go. This is what you get. You get your ass handed to you in an election because you don't stand for anything except for your own power and infighting. So I, I'm I'm hoping that this continues through 2024.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's obviously what we can all
1: hope for, but it also, also has, no, like, like, I relies on it. So yeah,
0: it stifles the whole, you know, Yunkin being the potential GOP savior, if all hell breaks loose kind of arguments, which is something I had been watching and we've talked about before um, because he got his ass handed to him. Democrats kept control of the Senate and took control of the state house there. So they are now, you know, the people with power. And this of course comes, I think Youngkin said the day before the election that he would ban abortion if they got control of both uh, legislative houses. So that probably motivated a lot of people to go out and vote against his people. (laughs) So that's good.
1: Yeah. because like, hey, turns out having policies that everybody hates is bad at the ballot box. Turns out. (laughs) But, you know, the Republicans have been fighting for minoritarian rule. It's why they love the filibuster. It's why they have been fighting to, you know, get the Supreme Court to weigh in on Roe v. Wade so they could have this fringe extremist minoritarian view overpower the will of the people. And I'm happy that democracy fought back last night.
0: And I hope it continues to so it can survive. But um, today we have a more... Kind of lighthearted show than we've had in the last few weeks, just because it's been some oh. seriously depressing stuff. Yeah, we're no more dead people. In a minute, I'm cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the science of stereotypes, and um, what kind of started as me wanting to challenge pretty much anti-Semitic trope has kind of evolved into something else, and we'll get to why that is in just a minute but um there apparently is quite a significant body of what we call like ethnocentric bias and tropes and (laughs) so we have a lot of country like nationality biases we have ethnic biases we have racial biases but when we talk about tropes we're talking about usually harmful stereotypes that are applied to a large group of people and what started this was the whole me kind of getting fed up with people talking about how jews control the banks so I'd noticed a pattern. It was like an acceptance almost of the underlying thought when people say things like that. Mm-hmm. The only response is like, that's very anti-Semitic," or people rolling their eyes, you know, like, oh God, like get off of this already. But you didn't ever see anybody going, no, that's not true. And so I, I found that kind of interesting. I was like, mm-hmm. is it true? That was my first question It's like, is it true? We can probably find out if it's true. Um, and it was shockingly easy to find out that it is not, in fact, true. I went and I looked up the 25 largest banks in the United States. And most of them are names you'll know. Like in the United States, Chase is the biggest bank. I think it's the second or third biggest bank in the world. And their CEOs or CFOs, chairmans, whichever kind of structure they have is usually listed somewhere. Those people usually have their own Wikipedia pages. They've had biographies written about them. They've written self biographies. There's plenty of stuff you can find out about these people within, it takes like 10 minutes to check each one. So I was like, okay, I'll spend a couple hours looking at this and seeing if it's actually true. And I got to tell you what I found <laughs> is not, not at all um, what I anticipated. So it, Uh, I do this a lot of times with my husband, we split up work, because he's, um, he's a lot like me, he's a great coder and programmer, and we know how to do a lot of tech stuff. So it makes it easier if you can have somebody to help you. So um, here's what we found. So the Chase Bank CEO, which is Jamie Dimon, um, is Greek. And I did not know this. His grandfather changed his name from like Papa sad. I can't remember how to say it. To D-Mom because he fell in love with a French girl and wanted his last name to sound French. Hi. Yeah, I know. He didn't end up um marrying the French girl, but he kept the name. And uh, because during the period of time that he immigrated to the United States, it was hard for Greek people to find work, but he's Greek on both sides back. So... That was kind of interesting. Um, I should have known that because he was, I think my graduation speaker at Syracuse. But, and the co-chair is from Argentina. He's actually from Argentina. So that was the easiest one. I was like, okay, not Jewish. So I looked up the Citibank CEO. And I did this in a way that if I had to go back further than their great grandparents, because to be a CEO or a chairman of a bank, you usually have to be older, a lot older than me at least. And so if I had to go back more than like four generations and you're an American, I just Mommy, didn't do it. You
1: know, okay, go well watch it, N-ish. baby.
0: She's very happy about Balloon Builder. Um, so most of these people are American citizens, like Demon, Um, but if you have Greek grandparents, you know, on both sides of your family who are immigrants, I would consider that Greek. If we're going to tie it to an ethnicity at all. There were only three out of all the 25 bank chairmans that I couldn't find anything about one way or the other. And they had pretty much generic names like Rogers or something like that. So it could come from anywhere. And the further I looked, I found nothing. Like They were in America for like 200 and some years. So I didn't find it. But we started off with Greek and Argentina. Citibank CEO is Indian. Capital One Banks is English. Truist is German. Bank Corps is Italian. PNC is actually Ukrainian, which was surprising to me. And then there's everyone else. So there was not a single ethnic group that was repeated in the top twenty-five
1: bank positions. Wait a second, I thought you put a post about it saying that there was a lot of Irish banks. <laughs> I need to do my victory lap for my people.
0: Yeah, so there was not a single ethnic group group repeated in the top 25 leadership roles except for one. So we had Chase Chair, Co-Chair, Citibank CEO, Capital One CEO, Truist, Bank, and PNC. Those were those. Every other bank is either chaired or co-chaired or CEO or CFO'd by someone who is Irish. Yes. And I didn't, I was looking this up, and my husband, who is, we did like the ancestry thing, he's almost completely Scott Irish. There's a little bit of English in there, but totally Scott Irish. And um, I was looking it up, I was like, how that's weird. Key Banks is Scottish and Irish. BNY Mellon, Irish. Synchrony, Irish. UBS, Irish. Northern Trust, Irish. Bank of America Chair, Irish. Bank of America Co Chair, Irish. Morgan Stanley Chair, Irish. Regions Banks, Irish and Irish. There's two uh raymond james irish and Allied bank irish and i'm reading this out loud to him and he's like give me this look and then i was like why the hell is the stereotype that jews run the banks when it is demonstrably false and the people who have the largest disproportionate impact on banking in america are the fucking irish he's like that is not one of their stereotypes what are the stereotypes we think of with irish angry drunks
1: Bars, bars, my family, listen, my Irish family owned bars, but I think maybe that's what led them into banking because it was a super lucrative business. <laughs> I, don't
0: I, I don't know why. Um, I didn't get, I was just trying to fact check whether or not it was even true that Jews run the bank. So newsflash is not. And um, the Irish apparently do run the banks, uh, most of the banks at any rate. And um, that was, that was surprising to me. And there's this completely baseless, very harmful stereotypical trope. And in the reality is there is a very small group, the ethnic group of people that do disproportionately influence banking and they're Irish. Not even English. That's what I expected. You know, it's probably gonna be like English people, German people, which is crazy. And so then I thought, you know what? I'm kind of curious. I think I'm gonna look up the media too. And because the media is the second one that they'll say they run the banks and they run the media. Um, let me pull up that one.
1: Can I just say while you're doing that, let me just glow a little bit more on behalf of my Irish people. My grandfather is Patrick Foley, just in case you're wondering exactly how Irish I am. And then his son is Patrick Foley and then his son is Patrick Foley. So, um, so I, you know, I think it's really funny because it is like that. There, there's you know drinking and and bars and stuff is is part of the trope against you know the Irish. Some of the negative uh, comments on that. So um, yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, "That's right, my people, we're doing good things, right?" Um, although I would very very much be described, described as a plastic patty, which is uh, what the Irish call American Irish. But they say I it, did not know patty. that was a thing. Yep. Um. <laughs> I've been there from my friends from Ireland. They're like, oh, you're one of those plastic petties. That is like one of the strangest things
0: I've ever heard. Um, So then, (laughs) (laughs) the media is harder to do. So, and people have made the argument, well, you have finance groups that are, you know, owned by Jewish people, but the stereotype's not finance, it's banks. It's specific. And it goes back to specific groups having to do with, <laughs> of all things, the Rothschilds in Europe post-World War II. Mm-hmm. But um, it does not hold water today. And even if it was true in some bygone error, I was looking at right now who actually runs the banks in the United States and if anybody, it's a fucking Irish. And so literally the first comment under there was, now do the media. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll do the media.
1: Now... <laughs> Can I just one more thing that I'm thinking about with the Irish? I'm actually thinking of all my brethren as like a leprechaun with a pot of gold now. We're just anyway, sorry. Yes, yeah. baby. Honey okay, give me one minute,
0: okay? Um so yeah, the the media is kind of more fluid and hard to define. So what I did was, especially because it's so monopolized now among a handful of companies, um, I looked at what the largest reach was the largest biggest media companies in terms of reach for content production is. the biggest one right now in the United States is Disney, yeah. um uh, between you know owning ABC and um all least all the studios and they are the largest. And to me, the trope of it being run by Jews is when especially when you're talking about Disney is surprising because Walt Disney, is known as an anti-Semite. I mean, he was of German and Irish ancestry. There's that Irish again. Um, I kind of that know, the first one I looked up was Irish. And I was like, Jake, what are your people doing? There's something going on here. Tell me. He's like, Irish. It's all been a distraction. We I mean, want people who think they're drunks. So they don't know we run everything. Um, but yeah, Disney was a known anti-Semite. And, you know, he had like Nazi people over for special parties and dinners and this is not a secret, so that's the biggest one. Um, I looked up Jeff Bezos, whose real name is not Jeff Bezos, I didn't know that. Uh, he's Danish and English. Obviously, you have Rupert Murdoch, who's mm-hmm. British, Australian, and Scottish. Back to uh-huh. Bezos uh-huh. Amazon, now they own MGM Studios and oh. all this other kind of They own the Washington Post, huge yeah. of influence, Danish, English. Uh, Murdoch is British, Australian, Scottish. John Nallon, who is the Fox corporation CEO um Scottish William Hearst of the Hearst Foundation Scottish Irish um <laughs> so I was like yeah the, the Irish appeared several times uh the founder of time life and fortune um Henry Luke Luc Luke, Luke he was Irish Scottish uh William Kennard the co-founder of T was Irish Alexander Bell was Scottish it they repeat quite a bit more Scottish than Irish on this list Though there were some that are owned by Jewish people. And I think I found three out of all of them. Ralph Roberts, who's the founder of Comcast. He's Russian Jewish. Um, Michael DeLuca, who's the co-chairperson of Warner Brothers, is German-Italian Jewish. Um, and I think there was one more. Well, that might have been it. Yeah. No. Oh, Stephen Ray um, Reschnitz, the founder of Time Warner, was Jewish. So, yeah, there were like three or four.
1: I was going to say, so, you know, again, props to my people, um, the Irish for, you know, clandestinely taking over everything over the past few decades. Um, but in all seriousness, I wonder, too, if the, the media component gets wrapped up in the Hollywood, right? Because there is are a lot of prominent Jewish actors in Hollywood. So maybe that puts a face to it the, the trope kind of thing. Did you investigate that at all?
0: So I didn't look up individuals. I looked at who was actually the people running the, the media organization because they have the ultimate say in the direction of the company um and so i looked at like instead of you know fox entertainment studios which just does movies i looked at fox as a whole media company um and that guy again was i think scottish and so it really wasn't it's nowhere near the proportion that people make it out to be sure. and um none of the people i could on the banking side were jewish none but you did see a couple of jewish people and on the media. And so all of these tropes, I was starting to question now. I was like, okay, so now we can actually say when people are like, oh, well the Jews control the banks. No, they don't. That's not true. Instead of saying, oh, that's anti-Semitic. You can just flat out say that's not true. Right. And, you know, point to the list of people who do run banks and the fact that they are, you know, are Irish. Irish. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're Irish mostly. And for the media, as far as the people who actually run the companies and founded the companies, that's not true there either. And it, I started to think about all of the stereotypes that I've heard, you know, that Germans are very serious and hardworking and um, Italians being lovers and lazy and all these just other things. And there's an entire academic body of work dedicated to studying this. And the most prominent paper that's ever been published on this uh, was published by Robert McCray, um, who is Irish. (laughs) And he looked at um, how national and cultural stereotypes play an important role in how people perceive themselves and others, and Mm -hmm. did um, one of the largest studies of personality types and stereotypes from outside countries and how they impact their view of other countries. And he did like all of these different countries and found out that there was only one that appeared to be even remotely correct. And um, drum roll, it was? Poland. Poland. <laughs> so I don't know. What about, about the Poland? stereotypes of Poland, but whatever they are, apparently they are the only ones that appear to be expressed by the people of Poland themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't have any Polish stereotypes.
1: I mean, well, kind one, of I'm an American one, I'll say, and that's, they call us Polacks, and that we're stupid. So I don't really like that.
0: Oh, I've never heard
1: that. Um, oh, but, well, but like I'm I grew very- up in Detroit, it, you know, Hamtramck yeah. and there's a whole po- Jewish or not Jewish, but Polish uh, diaspora up in Michigan. And that was the whole thing. We're the Polacks and we're not smart.
0: I always thought it was more like depressing and like foreboding, but that's my, I guess it depends on your exposure.
1: It does depend where you are, but I think that that probably um, in the American context came about because of the immigrant kind of thing. Well, a
0: lot of that is, is what's driven. I mean, that's why the Irish were portrayed as angry drunks. They were actually portrayed in, especially when they started migrating because of the massive famines in Ireland, starting in the mid 1800s until the early 1900s as angry drunks they were depicted as apes in new york you know newspapers and publications and that was to dehumanize them so because there was a big push to not allow them to vote and so if they couldn't vote they couldn't have power and they could be subjected to what the nativists um wanted and by the way there's a great movie kind of about the specific period of immigration about this and it's uh gangs of new york mm. and, it is yeah it's got some issue i don't know why cameron diaz is in it but that's beside the point um she was here oh she's not very good but uh sorry cam but it is a really great capturing of a sentiment of that moment with irish immigrants especially in new york so this guy looked at hong kong india iran italy japan malaysia new zealand uh peru poland portugal russia serbia slovakia uh, south korea switzerland uk all these different countries but one Robert McRae, M-C-C-R-A-E, who is Irish, did not include Ireland in his study. Even though Irish stereotypes are one of the most consensus agreed upon stereotypes, he left out Ireland. And I thought that was absolutely, because he got Scottish, they've got, you know, British, they even have Welsh separated from British, but the Irish guy dropped Ireland and I'm kind of suspect of that I think did you do it and it turns out it's true it's like did you go and survey all the Irish and like yeah we'd like to drink and fight and so you were like I'm not going to put that in there because that's a that's a very notable omission and so I thought it was even more hilarious that the guy who studies these stereotypes is Irish and left out Ireland when Irish people clearly run the banks and so it's the whole world around this.
1: He didn't want to destroy that that stereotype, and like I said, I'm not going to lie. My my Irish family owned a bar, <laughs> so
0: it is. I just could not get over it how hilarious it was that he he left out Ireland, and um, that he's Irish and left out Ireland was even even better. But yeah, Maybe so, he felt
1: like it was too close. Like he couldn't be an objective researcher.
0: Come on, I, the the stand. There's standardized questions given to every single. <laughs>
1: Holy he just God. he just couldn't. It was you know a code of ethics as a researcher. No, and have, no. I'm giving him a pass here.
0: No I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm not giving him a pass. that's that's a clearly the problematic. We got to keep um,
1: the you know, you got to keep it all going. so we to keep
0: like sh- paint. If you start telling on us then they'll start coming after us the way they should.
1: <laughs> and I was like, is this your secret plan for global domination that you've been the Irish this whole time? Irish um, is like we have Guinness and then bank domination. That's like the combo.
0: And I, I got to say to have that level of domination, almost half of the country's banks is, is quite a, an impressive feat. Um, but I'm sure it's just coincidence. And if they had all been Jewish, then they would of course, or if the proportion that was Irish was Jewish, people would say, how is that even possible? There's such a small group of people to have that much influence, but now it's the Irish. Everybody's like, uh, eh, don't care.
1: Yeah, I mean, and as, as you're talking to, something else that's coming to my mind is that, sadly, the truth doesn't matter. Like, people believe these things, and they believe them, and, and even if they they kind of know in their heart of hearts that they're ridiculous, right? Like, all of these things, even things that are being, like, recycled through the, the QAnon tropes, right? Have their roots in anti-Semitism, right? Like the the drinking the blood of the babies and the adrenochrome and stuff like that. That was actually a historic, you know, trope against the, the Jewish. And it's it like it doesn't matter what the reality is sometimes when the propaganda is that good and when people have a vested interest and they still talk about the Rothschilds. Right, like that's something that comes up. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Green was talking about the Rothschilds and the Jewish she space. That they, I
0: was about to say that she
1: also thinks we have Jewish space lasers. So but it doesn't matter what the reality is sometimes. So it's like I I would I love to see so think- much easier to
0: be like, that's not even true.
1: It's like yeah, true.
0: Not one. Just it's not even true. It's like if we just roll our eyes or say, you know, something generic, like, oh, please, or something like that. We're not really challenging the entire foundation of the trope itself, which is rooted in something that is just not reality. Yeah, and I mean, keep trying. Yeah,
1: yeah. Find something There's new to that. believe in. The space lasers. So I don't know.
0: I don't think anybody actually believes in space lasers. There, there might be like a tiny fraction of the far right that does, but legitimately, it's just that's ridiculous. But um. Yeah, I hope, and I hope you're right. When you're looking to attack people, when you come up with such specific influences like that, you're trying to create a certain image of a population that That's control the money and they control the media, which means they control the world. That's how they America. connect those dots. Yeah, and so if you can just go like, actually, it's not true. I looked up the heads of you know the 25 biggest banks or the 25 biggest media companies, and it turns out the only people who are way over resentment are Irish people so no it's not true but um yeah it's I just get noticed it was odd it's like because if you see a stereotype reported like that much I mean we'll challenge them with other things like when people say I've heard this many many times it's been an argument for the neo-nazis oh well black people commit more crime we will challenge the assertion that that is true we will say, yeah. actually, over-policing in Black neighborhoods leads to greater arrests and longer convi- conviction times proportionate right. to the crimes that they're We will challenge the truth of that statement. But when, for some reason, it's Jews run the world or the banks of the media, we're just kind of like, oh, that's not, you can't say that. You know, it's like, no, we're going to say from now on, no, it's not fucking true. That's make, right. up a new, yeah. make up a new thing, because it's not true. And we can prove it. It's very, very easy. But um, somebody actually jokingly said, man, I didn't realize how many Irish Jews there were. And <laughs> I thought that, I could, at first I couldn't tell if it was a joke. And so I actually messaged the guy, I was like, you were joking, right? He was like, yeah, uh, the Irish lately have really kind of been hardline anti-Israel. So I was hoping people would think that was a joke. And I was like, okay, you gotta be careful, man, because on Twitter not everything that's sarcastic is interpreted as such. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I want us to start challenging the truth of these statements. It's especially when you have something that is yes or no without caveat do they actually run the banks? Because when you're talking about crime, there's a myriad of issues that influence crime rates, crime reporting rates. Like if you look at sexual assault, Mm -hmm. some groups of people are more likely to report sexual assault than others. And where you live determines whether or not it's not just like if you're a white woman, you're more likely, which is true. If you're a white affluent woman, you're far more likely, or a white educated woman, to report a sexual assault than you are if you're an uneducated, let's say, Hispanic immigrant. So right. that absolutely influences the statistics that we have. You can't argue with what the statistics are, though. But you can say there's a reason why that number is that. And we will challenge that. But with the Jews run the banks, we're just like, oh, you can't say that. It's like, no, we need to start calling it out. It's false. Great. It's not And it's very easy to disprove. I mean, it took me, I thought it was going to take like 250 minutes. I think it took me like half hour because it was that easy to find. And I mean, these people have a spotlight on them. So it's pretty easy to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I I want us to be more uh, critical of those harmful stereotypes. Because now anytime somebody tells me that Irish are just a bunch of drunk, angry people and be like, excuse me drunk angry people who run the world banks so thank you thank you (laughs) even though i'm not Irish, i have like one one irish line in my family i'm six percent irish that's on my dad's side the guy's name was joseph kearney and he is apparently the only person who has a statue of himself of a person in the entire arlington national cemetery because i don't know if you've ever heard of kearney um the man loved to kill people and he would kill people for whoever paid him to kill people he got the equivalent of the french medal of honor which has only ever been given to one non-french person which was like my great great grandfather whatever because he went and fought for the french even though he's an american and um just killed a whole bunch of people for france and then he did it for like the usa and then he did it for england he was like i i just want to go to war Some and- <laughs> <laughs> he's a mercenary a soldier and that's the that's so the whole like angry fighting thing um at least my family line might be true but i that's mean, like, I-
1: a bar owner and then on the polish side uh they sold ice so uh, they had a good partnership there between the ice people and the bar uh but I got to drink it from both sides because the poles the uh, like the Russians. We love the vodka. So
0: I love and I'm not sure I have any, like, direct connection to that. But um, I mean, I don't really I don't by any means identify as Irish because that was so far back in my family that it didn't influence the cultural you know, way that I was raised. If anything, the German stuff did. And that's what my biggest percentage is, is German. I grew up in Pennsylvania Dutch country. And so those were the heavy influence, you know, meat and potatoes and all that kind of stuff do any of the polka and doing groundhog day. (laughs) So I don't identify as Irish at all, but my husband very much does. And his whole family does. And he was very much raised that way. And um, it was was very funny to see that, that that's the way that that panned out. See, sometimes you go to debunk something and you find something hilarious that you never would have imagined. Like if somebody had been like, actually, you know, who runs the bank, the Irish, I would have been like, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? Um, So now, you know, they do. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Drop rare that a fact check, like of something takes me to a fun place, um, but uh, this one did. And so now that I looked at this paper and we'll, um, we'll post it, of course, it does not include Ireland, it includes like every other country, but not Ireland. Mm-hmm. You'll see that pretty much none of these stereotypes, except for Poland's align with the actual national identity or even the character traits wow. of people in that country. And, um, that goes to show that we've weaponized a lot of these to be ways to dehumanize other people or to make them seem bad in some way. I don't know how saying Italians are lovers is, is harmful per se. Um, but even those things are not very true, which is disappointing for anybody who travels to Italy for lovers (laughs) to say the least, but, um, yeah, so Different this week to debunk something, but I, I, I just uh, just irked me that nobody was actually saying that was false.
1: Yeah, and well it's uh, uh, an excellent point, though. So. Yeah, but we do need to push back on that, and having that information really helps us to do that. So, yes.
0: So we can, for the next few minutes, talk about something that's more serious. Since we got a joke for like a half hour, Rashida Talib um, was censured oh, yeah. yesterday uh, by Congress with support of some Democrats,
1: Uh which is
0: very disappointing. Um, But yet Brian Mast, who is one of our crazy Florida representatives, Uh who said on the floor of the house that there's no such thing as an innocent Palestinian is not going to be censured anytime soon. Um, And it really pisses me off. And, you know, today yesterday I was a Zionist. I guess today I'm going to be uh, anti-Semitic again, or pro-Hamas, or whatever they're going to label me with, um, because we have no gray area, apparently, on this issue. Mm -hmm. But it really pissed me off that you can censure a sitting member of the House, the only person um, in in our government speaking for Palestinian uh, people. Of course, if you Mm -hmm. did not know that she is, you know, has Palestinian ancestry. And... um, She was censured for standing up for them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: at a time where in the last month, 10,000, at least Palestinians, Gazans specifically, have been killed, half of which were children. And so we are getting at this very toxic place where if you say anything to advocate for the children who are being murdered in Palestine, you're inherently anti-Semitic, which is not true. Or mm-hmm. if you call attention to any of the horrible things that are happening to Jewish people, you're somehow a Zionist. And it's mm-hmm. because and Putin's dream has been to divide this, the left in this country in a mm-hmm. way that you could never achieve until this conflict broke out. Um, Is we really need to be better about isolating Jewish identity from Israel's Netanyahu, because Netanyahu's not even elected by the people. They basically have mm-hmm. this, if you're familiar with the government of India, it's very similar to that. Um, it's only been for like the last four years because of the insanity. He basically threw like a mini coup within the government by yeah. combining all of these radical uh, factions so that he could take control of parliament. He was not elected to lead Israel. Right. Um, Hamas has not been elected by the people of that country since 2006, which was 17 years ago. Most of the people who live in Gaza today have never voted for Hamas, never. And so we have two governments that are being run by people who are not elected by their people and were somehow unable to recognize Jewish identity outside of Israel, which is wrong, or to recognize Gazans outside of Hamas, which is also wrong. And um, every time you say anything in defense of life on either side, you're apparently either a terrorist or you support baby killing. It's absolutely insane. And so I kind of posted a notice on my uh, Twitter the other day. I was like, you know what? If you equate Gaza or Palestine or their supporters with being pro-Hamas, I'm going to block you. And if... You equate me being, yeah, or speaking on behalf of Jewish ancestry or advocating against anti-Semitism with being pro Netanyahu. I'm going to block you if you share any propaganda about this situation, especially stuff that's been proven to be false. I'm going to fucking block you because it's toxic. Half of these counts were created within the last two months, mm-hmm. which is another big sign, um, and right. it's distracting from actual conversations of anything that could lead to potential solutions or legitimate discourse, which the entire point of political sides of social media, you know, before Trump was to engage in meaningful discussion. Right. And all that shit's not meaningful and it's hurtful. And so I'm just going to start blocking people. And, um, I already have a pretty lengthy block list, so I don't care to add to it. I won't even respond. You know, it makes it really easy to hide and block in the same click on Twitter hopefully Elon won't hear me say that and then separate the two. So, I'm just going to block that shit because I have a ridiculously oversized platform on social media. Um I think I'm nearing a million followers across all my platforms and I have some level of responsibility to not allow bad actors to hijack or even elevate my platform right. for their propaganda purposes. Yeah. And um I, I've unfortunately had to block people that I used to agree with because they were saying things like they need to level Gaza and turn it into a parking lot yeah. and things like that. And I was like, bye, just bye. I didn't even like have a cordial. I'm so disappointed in you. At that point, if you've gone that far, yeah. just bye. I'm done.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, and this goes back to, you know, our, you know, previous discussions on the disinformation related to both the the hospital strike and the initial the, the murdering babies kind of thing. And the reason that we talked about those, and some of the concerns that we were sharing there is that disinformation is You know, information warfare. We should be aware of it. We should be able to call it out. And that this conflict itself was going to be ripe for it, for not only disinformation coming from the sides, because there has been disinformation coming from the Israeli side and from the Hamas side, but that there could be third party infiltrators like Russia, who has a wildly successful disinformation campaign and would love to see not like this.
0: You know, despite all of Russia's efforts, the majority of Americans still support sending aid to Ukraine. I mean, Lindsey Graham right. is still supportive of sending aid to Ukraine. They've, they've chipped away at it, don't get me wrong, but they've never had success
1: like yes. this. I think they're, they're fueling this too, right? Because there's, oh, you know, connection between...
0: They saw what it was capable of, they jumped on it.
1: Oh, They're and so we're so in a mix too is what I'm saying. Is like yeah. so you have all these different things, so you have to be very, very cognizant of what you're seeing um, and know that if you see something and there's an emotional response to it, there's a reason there's an emotional response to it. It's because somebody crafted that message to elicit an emotional response from you. Um, And so I, you know, I'm a university professor. I teach this to my students, and that is what I tell them. I said, that's how you know the manipulation is, like, if you see something and you're like, oh, my God, I feel so horrible, like, somebody wanted you to feel that way. So you better kind of, like, do your due diligence and, like, put your own, you know, awareness up because – There are people that are trying to get you to be embroiled, embroiled in this conflict. And and I I will say too, just from my personal like watching different people talk about this, I have not seen this level of triggering on an issue on anything at all. Like I've probably in my entire lifetime, I've never seen people
0: different
1: here. Yeah, something is different. Very different. I think a lot of people
0: recognize that too. Like, this is not normal. Like no. whatever control over our, our information there's being influenced, the way that we're talking about this is like we're speaking different languages. Absolutely. And it's it gets like very violent and aggressive. Exactly. And a very lot of people viciously. just like calling for people's deaths online and crazy shit. So there was yeah. another example of that was um at a protest out in yeah. I think San Francisco, Francisco or somewhere in California this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was an altercation between the people who were out there protesting for a ceasefire and some pro-Israel people who showed up. Um, And an altercation of some kind occurred and an old man, I think he was like 80 something, was killed. And the initial reporting on that was that a Jewish man was beaten to death at a counter protest or rally for pro Hamas people, which of course they were not pro Hamas. It's like I said, if you say that shit now, I'm gonna block you. Um, But uh, that was the initial reporting, it sounded awful. Of course, we probably have all heard at this point, the very tragic story of the seven-year-old boy who was stabbed like 30 times by his landlord because he was Palestinian. And this was a landlord who like knew the family. He attacked and killed this little boy. And so when we heard this other story, it was equally shocking. And, you know, people were blaming people for the rhetoric and stuff like that. I kind of waited on it because I've learned through this whole ordeal that people tend to jump on things that aren't true. Uh Well, the next day um, there was, wait, today's Wednesday. So no, this was yesterday. So two days later, uh, the police released statements about it. Turns out the ME office rules that the old man fell and hit the Mm. back of his head on the the concrete when he fell. And that is what caused his death. He was not beaten to death. Um, There's still a lot of debate about how or why he fell. The initial story said, you know, that he was beaten to death. And then they kind of cleaned it up a little bit and were like, oh, well, he was struck and then fell. Mm -hmm. But the police say they don't have any proof of that. That they've interviewed tons of people. There are a lot of confusing and different versions of events. It seems like people are very riled up, all close in the same space. Nobody really seems to know exactly what happened. And so they're asking the public if they have videos or pictures, you know, to submit them. But the man that was originally attributed with beating this Jewish man to death, which he did not do, um, was a 50-year-old man who was the person who called 911. And in the video right after it happened that I saw, he and another Muslim lady, as soon as the guy hits the ground, are right there down on the ground with him trying to help him, which is not at all the narrative that originally um, came out with this story. And um, the investigation is obviously still ongoing. People are saying that this man should be arrested for a hate crime and for first degree murder when at worst, what the police seemed to think might've happened is that there was a crowd of people and amidst the crowd of people who were interacting, somehow somebody got hit or pushed or multiple people were hit or pushed. And when the old man hit his head, it caused a large enough injury for his age and frailty that it killed him. And um, it's strange how these stories get picked up so quickly and still continue to be shared. And it's, first state of what people said it was and not the current one um because there was basically it was like a lynching mob on the internet for this pro Hamas terrorist who beat this poor old jewish man to death and it's still there it's still very much there and it a man died it's tragic um if somebody pushed him then that's manslaughter Because we've seen in other cases across the country where people have punched somebody and the person Mm -hmm. fell and hit their head and then they're charged with manslaughter. Mm -hmm. And um, because you're basically being reckless with someone else's life. And if that's what happened, I do believe, especially with the pressure they're under, they'll arrest him. They interviewed him. They let him go. And at this point, unless they get video evidence, nothing's going to happen. But the lynching mob will still be there. And... It's It really bothers me when those kinds of stories happen. Um, Dr. Carolyn um, Orr, who does disinformation work, I'm a big fan of her. She's here at the University of Maryland or Johns Hopkins, one or the other, um, posted kind of a warning also about people sharing these viral videos of people supposedly tearing down posters and then doxing them and all this other stuff. Because I had that kind of feeling too. I was like, a lot of these videos that you see, you're not seeing anybody tear anything down they basically go up and approach people and like hey why did you do this and the people are not responding so you really have no fucking clue just what happened but there was one video that was shared this weekend of and this is i guess today i'm going to be a pro hamas lover because i'm mentioning these two specific stories um of a black woman and a white woman fighting on the street when the video starts they're already physically interacting and um, I think it was Jews of New York on Twitter took screenshots of the lady's face, the black lady's face, and said, you know, they got a name and shamer, call her employer. And we've seen a lot of that very aggressive. We saw when the Harvard students yeah. signed a letter, you know, asking for a ceasefire. And right. I think what happened to them is criminal. Mm -hmm. I think it's harassment. I think that, you know, they rented buses like digital buses and put those kids faces and names on them and drove them around and harassed them at their houses is fucked up and people should be held accountable for doing that. Yeah, but it was posted as a pro Hamas terrorist, of course, um, assaulting a Jewish woman in New York City. Well, the late the black lady's friend had been filming the whole time turns out what was happening was uh, a black woman was tearing down posters of missing people, which we've seen a lot of. And a woman who, according to the Twitter page um, is Jewish, came up and tried to stop her by grabbing her and grabbing her hands and trying to rip the posters out of her hands. And so it turns out that it was actually the white woman who started the physical education And then as soon as the black woman who apparently knows how to take care of herself, no shame in that whatsoever, basically throws this woman to the ground for grabbing her. The woman on the ground starts like pretending to be a victim. And the black woman's like, why did you grab me? He's like, what are you doing? Like, what is your problem? And it got clipped. And then made the rounds on the internet of black woman attacking this poor Jewish woman who's crying on the ground. And of course, the woman who was also involved in it released the full video online. Not at all what happened. I'll say this. I think that tearing down those posters is hurtful. I think that it's not necessary. I think that you should just mind your own fucking business and walk by. I also have a problem fundamentally with those posters being hung. Apparently, the project was actually started by two Israeli nationalists um, who wanted to remind people. I mean, they don't have posters up for all the Palestinian children that were killed, but they're being plastered all over the city. And they were designed by Israeli nationals. I think they should both should stop doing it. But to name and shame the Black woman, honestly, it, it kind of looked bad racist. And the comments under it were really fucking bad. She was referred to as an ogre, uh or big black Betty. I mean, just flagrantly racist shit. And I've noticed that as a pattern in a lot of these pro-Israel people.
1: <laughs> no, I was, I was going to pick up on that because actually, and again, we talked about this in earlier episodes as well, is that you do, you are seeing some pretty major splits within the United States. You are seeing older white Democrats and Republicans, white Republicans, who are coming out as very pro-Israeli, and you're seeing other people of color, Black people, younger people, who are increasingly pro-Palestinian. And this is why also I'm very worried about the Russian disinformation component of it, because Russia has actually been trying to fuel Race wars and racial conflict in the United States through their online propaganda for a very long time now. And it feels with the emotional charge that this has, that that is also a component of this, frankly.
0: Yeah. And it's also something that people can capitalize on quickly to further, you know, stroke division, but it's not just fringe people though. That is what is most shocking. There's this, one person who, um what is his name? Oh, Howard at law, you know, forty thousand followers, not nobody by any chance, not me, but not nobody, who is apparently a very well respected lawyer um, who was referring to Rashida Talib and other Palestinian advocates as dumb bitches. He used the expression "dumb bitches" publicly to refer to these these women. Yeah. And I, I saw that and I was like, my God, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, yep. How is this ex- stupid bitches? I'm sorry. I just found the quote. It was stupid bitches and calling people ogres. And I'd screenshotted a lot of it and, um, linked to a lot of it. It was just, you know, somebody said that they needed to lynch the woman who did it, which isn't at all a call, you know, back to, Attacks against uh, African-Americans,
1: chubby little ogre, fat slob. um, Oh, we always love the the body shaming comments, too. Yeah,
0: um, it was disgusting. And um, again, it wasn't at all what it seemed. That's not to say that this shit doesn't happen. It's just people need to really pause just for a minute when stuff like this is out there. And wait till information actually comes out, mm-hmm. because this situation has been plagued more than any other one I've followed closely with so much initial versions of these things being wrong. Right. That I, anytime I see anything about it now, I'm like, mm, gonna wait, gonna wait a day or two to find out about this because something seems off like the fact the video started in the middle of what is very obviously a physical exchange it should be your first sign it's like yeah what happened at the start who's what's where's the start of this um or you know the fact that this old man who died which is tragic wasn't beaten to death um like demonically or whatever their words they want to use for it because there's very real tragedy that's happening, mm-hmm. and a lot of time the microaggression that you see is just as harmful as what you think is this explosive story that turns out to almost never be exactly what they say it is. Right, and we just all need to be more careful and just take a breath. One hundred percent, because it's it's absolutely insane. But that's my my moral spiel about social media that is continuing to devolve into madness. Half of this shit that I've seen on here in the last month under the old Twitter rules, as people would be permanently banned for saying this kind of right. stuff. Of course, Elon Musk has been noticeably mum about it.
1: <sighs> Fuck like, Elon Musk.
0: Saudi Arabia <laughs> overlords told him to stay out of it. I'm sure he's just inching to say something anti-Semitic too, but because he is an anti-Semite. But um, he's probably enjoying to, to watch this. It's sad.
1: It's like chaos, you know, master too so
0: yeah well by not by choosing not to have any buffers in his you know company
1: on this situation he's kind of making a statement so sure is so perhaps on that ever so cheerful note we should close out today's episode yeah. right Rebecca any fat yeah. final words on that or are well, we yeah,
0: gonna do- first half so you know the Irish people yeah. run the world apparently. Uh, well, the Irish run the banks, the Scottish run the uh, media. So uh, next time you hear somebody repeat a harmful anti-Semitic trope, you can just straight up fucking tell them that it's a lie. It's not true. That's you don't have to be like that's anti-Semitic or that you can't say that or that's not nice. Say no, that's not even true. There's
1: that's what? a fucking
0: lie. We posted right. it.
1: So and then watch out for the shitty disinformation and people being assholes online and getting you overly charged about an issue that probably any other given time you wouldn't even fucking know that there was a conflict going on. Just like in 2012. Just pretend it's 2012.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, let's go back to the greater days when we had Mitt Romney and mom jeans and that Lord. that was the great evil we were all facing at the time. Um,
1: such and,
0: better days.
1: Okay. And then on the final note, Bucky Elon yes. Musk. So yeah. thanks for joining um, us here today on Misinformational with Rebecca Jones. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing your insight with us today.
0: And I uh, hope you enjoyed our ethno uh, centrist trope breakdown. And Cindy's going to give you the whole spiel about how we pay for this, and we would appreciate you, your support. And uh, remember that a lot of people, like me, uh, who are blacklisted because of governors who are running for president, make their living off of bringing you honest information. And um, we do it for cheap and sometimes for free. So support us if you can. And Cindy's going to tell you how.
1: That's right, and I'm Dr. Cindy Banye. I'm a congressional candidate in ruby red Southwest Florida. Guess who's also blacklisted because they decided to be a Democrat in public. Uh, So yeah, so we would love to have your support here at Big Mouth Media. You can get a subscription and get this video and every single episode of Misinformational delivered directly to your inbox for only $4.99 a month. You can check that out on the Plans and Pricing page on Big Mouth Media at BigMouthMediaFL.com You can get a subscription for every for the year $49.99 for all of the year for Misinformational. And you can get everything that, Misinfor- or that Big Mouth Media has for $19.99 a month. Again, that does help us continue to speak truth to power, continue to break through the nonsense, and bring you high quality independent media. So go ahead and check us out once again at BigMouthMediaFL.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye guys.
0: Thanks for joining Misinformational with Rebecca Jones, brought to you by Big Mouth Media. Stay connected by visiting misinformational.com and check out all the great shows and articles on bigmouthmediafl.com. You can also join the conversation with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the cesspool that's Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to Misinformational wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.